everybody. Uh, welcome to a very special new series, if you will, of the TPM podcast. A new thing we're doing. Um, my name is Zach, by the way. Uh, something that we felt was potentially missing from those of you who might not know all of us personally was um, that, well, the fact that you don't know us. Um, and something we thought might be valuable is if you could all get to know us. So uh, without further ado, welcome to the Behind the Mic series of the TPM podcast. Um, and we're kicking it off with Andre Nelson. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. So, um, Andre, I'm going to ask you some questions and you're going to answer them. I'm ready. And that's about all I have prepared. Um, all right. So we're going to start with the basics. Um, I want people to get to know you a little bit. So let's start from the top. Where did you grow up? What was life like growing up for you? Tell yeah. me about your life. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So I'm from Rosemount, Minnesota, which is a suburb in kind of the southeastern corner of the Twin Cities metro. Um by Apple Valley this is usually the other city that I mentioned that people have more likely heard of. Um, it's yeah, I grew up in kind of a cool, like an old, like an older neighborhood. But I could drive or I could ride ride my bike, you know, into the dirt road or whatever. So it felt very hybrid to me. We were apparently the only. This is what everybody would always say. We were the only, you know, town in our area in our dis- school district or whatever that had a main street still. You know, that you could drive down and had all these like old shops. Yeah. So which, you know, didn't really mean anything to me as a high, sc- high schooler and, and younger. But now I'm like, oh, yeah, that was cool. Like that was part of why it was cool to grow up there. There were like some remaining small town elements, even though, you know, I graduated with more than 500 people. So, um, yeah, so it's kind of a hybrid-y um, environment to grow up in, but I really enjoyed it. Um I've mentioned on the podcast before that I do artwork. Um, I draw and paint, and so that's always been a big, not always, but that has been a big part of my life at this point longer than it hasn't, so for a good 13 or 14 years. Um, Really solid relationships with my grandmothers. Uh, People that know me tend to know that, that a lot of my personality and character comes from one of my two grandmothers, so my one grandma got me into painting and kind of really I think planted a lot of the seeds for my faith and then my other grandmother has given me a lot of my I don't know um uh taste I guess would be the best word for it so she's from she's from England and um immigrated here like probably 60 years ago now and so anyway just kind of growing up around her and being taught a lot of elements of English culture and even just kind of penchant for Europe I think kind of came from her and so anyway so just a lot of the things that um, are part of who I am kind of trickle down from my grandmothers which is kind of an interesting thing about me so tell me a little bit you you hinted at your your grandma definitely planted the seeds of uh, your faith with your life so tell me a little bit about your coming to faith yeah what that looked like for you for sure so you know I would say I was saved as a kid you know maybe a probably seven or eight year old um and a, a common story to anybody who'll tell you that they might not know exactly when that happened and um I, the thing that i though point to is that 
when I was that age and when I feel that I knew Jesus as my Lord and Savior, it was because I had a relationship with him. I felt like I could turn to Jesus as my friend. Um, you know, and I was walked through the four points and everything, but the, the thing that stands out about my childhood faith was being able to kind of recoil into God's presence and to take a lot of comfort in that, which I think is the sort of thing that a kid can grasp properly, you know? And so I just really liked that. And it's just really comforting even, you know, to this day, of course, to be able to recoil into God's presence, but even to look back on that fondly and say, you know, that was a really cool thing that God did in my heart when I was even just a kid um, that I'm just really, really thankful for. So I would say then my practice of my faith expanded as I matured and aged, as you would expect. And so kind of getting involved in Bible studies and stuff in, in high school was probably the first steps in that direction, but it wasn't, you know, anything, anything too intense by any means. And I definitely, my eyes were definitely opened when I um, went to school at the U of M, which is where I met Zach and um, all the guys here at the TPM podcast, where I really experienced Christian community, you know, and growing with other men, with other people um, in my faith and being challenged and being held accountable and all these things that you hear about. So, so yeah, it's just been a kind of a step-by-step, one foot in front of the other, but definitely God um, working at all times in my situations and kind of leading me um, closer to him, thankfully. Yeah. So um, kind of the next, the next kind of the, we're going to try to keep this short and sweet for all you listeners out there. Um, but we call ourselves theology of plain men. Um, and Andre, by all accounts, uh, not to be offensive, uh, you are a, a plain guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're just guilty. You're just a guy just like the rest <laughs> of us here. Um, but we threw this big, disgusting word in front of it, theology, um, because we feel that higher concepts about God above and beyond the the milk, as Paul would put it, versus solid food, the, the milk concepts, obviously crucial. You need it. It's foundational to your life as a Christian. Um, but we believe that there is a space for the Christian movement to solid food, and that's why we value this theology. Uh, long-winded question. But can you kind of point me to what you would call like your defining theological moment? Maybe it was a book, maybe it was an author, maybe it was some someone who taught you something. Uh, but where would you say was like a big turning point or a big defining moment theologically for you? Yeah, yeah I like the phrase turning point. That's what I was going to start with. You know, I think that there have been um, many of them, you know, and as I, I'm a big like Bible note taker and it's questions like this. Um, and when I say that, I mean like scratching little things in the margin and highlighting crap and shoving post-it notes. Um, and it's questions like this that make me glad that I do that because I can kind of leaf through and say like, you know, oh, this was like a huge thing because I did all this stuff. And so, you know, anybody could pick up my Bible and if they leaf through, they would they would be able to identify what I'm about to say right now. And they'd pick out the same section just because it's just torn apart. And, and that's just the way I think. I would say that my kind of cornerstone theological concept in terms of having experienced something that I see reflected in the Bible that totally changes my understanding of God would be um, what is written about in um, 1 John 4 about God's love, um, which is kind of a cliche basic topic. And 
um, and maybe at face value, not the most intense theology, but it's just incredible to read um, the depth and the complexity of God's love and how much ink is spilled in the Bible about it, particularly by John. Um, so to read, especially that just in this this verse turns turned at a time in my life a lot of things on its head, and it is um, uh, verse ten of First John four. It says, "This is love, not that." we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So I should, I, I got to read that differently. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. So if I read that with a little more inflection, it makes it clear that, you know, what our ability to show love and exercise love is so deeply limited and any love that we have been shown on earth by another person is also consequently limited and so then to see it stated how god's love goes so much farther than that um you know it says elsewhere that god is love you know and um and and just to kind of wrap your mind around that in terms of what he has done for you and what his relationship is with you um was really everything to me and then the best i think the best part about it is the way that that understanding motivates you to turn turn that love around and exercise it towards others. And so there's um, a lot more given to that in that chapter too. And so I think generally speaking, the kind of sounding the depths of love is, is the thing for me. I love it. That's awesome. So um, as I, as we do our best to give the listeners as much, you know, practical applications as we can out of an interview, um, because I know you and I know this is something that I think you do really well, Andre, um, what is like, tell me how you're actively walking with God, right? Cause theology, even the, what you said there, that's pretty lofty. Um, and it usually totally. is, it kind of yeah. lives in the clouds, but, um, you are someone that I think is really good at, at practical things and practical action steps. So tell, tell me, um, a little bit about how you are actively walking with God yeah. nowadays. Yeah. So we, I was like, we were talking about this with some guys yesterday, um, we were talking about devotional times, you know, quiet times, if you want to, you know, call it by another name, um, and how that can be really difficult. And and my main thing when it comes to day to day practice of my faith, my day to day experience with God, is just is variety. I cannot harp on variety enough. I just variety and beauty. I think for me to find ways to expose myself to truth on a daily basis. Um, that don't necessarily have to be the Bible every time. It can be scripture, you know, influenced and spirit influenced works, right? So I, I have this um, book of, uh, I guess they're they're prayers. They're kind of like liturgical prayers, and I would encourage everybody to just look it up and read one or two. Um, it's in the public domain. I think you can, you can probably can just Google them and find them all online. But if not, the book's you know two dollars on Amazon because it's over 100 years old. It's called The Temple by W.E. Orchard, and it's these just basically paragraphs of unbelievably beautifully written um, expressions to God about about who he is and what he has done. And um, and so, so throwing in that one day, reading myself one of those and meditating on that, really thinking about it. Um, I, I don't turn my nose up at daily devotionals. Read Jesus Calling once, you know? It, it just I think for me, it's just a matter of mixing it up to the point that you don't um, just get crushed under the monotony of it, you know. Um, obviously, turning to the Bible as much as as much as you can. 
Um, so I think, yeah, but that's, that's the thing. That's the thing with the temple is it's so beautiful. Like that's, that's just something for me that draws me into it and leads me to worship God is the beauty that is found in those words. Um, in those words and in, in the words of hymns, you know, meditating on the text of hymns, I think goes a long way. Um, but yeah. Awesome. Well, um, Thank you all for joining us for this uh, special edition of the TPM podcast. Um, I look forward to doing more of these with the TPM guys. Um, Andre, thank you very much for letting us into your life a little more. Um, As always, I hope our verbal processing was edifying for you. Have a great week, everybody.